Good morning. Good morning. How are you? <clears throat> this is Dr. Brenda Shoshana on our new podcast for today of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. So happy to be here with you uh, on this autumn morning, almost autumn, we'll call it almost autumn morning, and talking again about Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Is there a difference between wisdom and our everyday life? I don't know. We tend to think there is. We tend to make those divisions. However, today we're going to talk about a taste of honey, something yummy, delicious, something satisfying, comforting maybe too, honey. We all like a taste of honey, whether it's in our relationships, in our food, chocolate, in our activities. We're always looking somehow for good feelings, comfort for honey. I think that's such a beautiful image somehow, honey. This is a season when some of us are dipping apples in honey, wishing for a good new year to ourselves, to others, to the whole world, to the earth, to the sky. Good new year, a sweet year, a sweet, sweet year, a sweet day. What does this mean, really? How can we keep this taste of honey alive in our lives? That's the question, isn't it? We all want honey. So as I said, some look for it in relationships, some look for it in work and activities. Others look to create a little world around them that will not disturb them, where everything is copacetic. They're surrounded by people they like, ideas they approve of, activities that suit them. We want to make our worlds just right. And there's nothing wrong with that wish. It's natural. It's normal. It's inevitable. So when I'm talking, I'm not implying that anything is wrong with anything. This is a little podcast just so we can open our eyes a little bit and take a look at our lives and how to live it in a way that really is sweet and, and meaningful, not just for ourselves, but for all that we encounter. So when, let's go back a moment and look at this whole wish to make a life that's copacetic, that's sweet, that's easy. <clears throat> we want, as I said, to be surrounded with people who, are, who agree with us. Her low maintenance, I've heard this over and over, oh my God, he, he's such high maintenance, I can't take it anymore. We don't want to have to have too many demands made upon ourselves. We don't want to be with difficult people or with threatening people. And somehow we immediately label those individuals and very often prematurely of our lives to them. Shut out possibilities, shut out friends, shut out relationships, unknowingly, unwittingly. Because the goal that we're living with is to be comfortable and not to be disturbed. And that is the actual highest goal. And for others, this honey that we seek comes in the form of approval and esteem. We want so much approval from others and esteem, and we want to hear we've done a good job, or we've been a good friend, or we want thanks. We want a lot of thanks. And that doesn't always come our way, even if people do feel thankful, not expressed so readily these days. So let's look at the fact that by demanding that life be a certain way, we're actually, what we're doing is actually insulating ourselves from the vastness, I love that word, the vastness 
of our true experience. <clears throat> and in the vastness, there's so much sweetness yet to be tasted that we have no idea is waiting for us. <clears throat> we refuse to taste the challenges that come, the losses, the unwanted views, and we refuse to taste or be connected to the lives of so many others. You know, this refusal can only go on for so long, however, because life itself is a panoply of experiences that demand to be known. They demand it, whether we want it or not. They're going to come to us. <clears throat> we may be shocked. We may be offended. We may be hurt. But these experiences come whether we like it or not, such as the loss of a loved one, such as having to watch them in their process of passing away. Very, very difficult. Very painful. And yet we don't want to leave them alone there. So it's interesting, right in the midst of that, there is still honey, which not, we're not even aware of at the time. And the more that we hide away from what is around us, the more it approaches us and insists that we taste it. That's the experiences are very funny that way. Once we give them energy by pushing them away, they're going to push right back and they insist that we taste them. Well, these tastes don't look like they're going to be honey or good. But sooner or later, we have no choice. So my question for today is, where is the honey that cannot turn bitter where is real honey, real sweetness, real comfort? That's a koan, it's a Zen koan, put in our everyday life. Words, language, understanding, but it's a good question, it's an important question. Where is the goodness that we're seeking? Is it even possible to find that sweetness and peace of mind amidst the variety of life as it is? Is that even possible? Or are we kind of doomed to go back and forth between the sweet and the bitter, the good and the bad? Are we doomed to live in that mode? You know, my original teacher, Soen Roshi, had a very simple and powerful teaching regarding this point. And he's just said, do not avoid... Look, hard for me to even say the word bitterness. Do not avoid bitterness of course we all want to avoid bitterness but he suggested that we do not avoid it when it comes taste it deeply so in Roshi was guiding us not to avoid anything to be open to life as it presents itself to us and when we do follow this simple direction a strange thing happens what was bitter at first turns sweet, turns magical. By, by not refusing to taste anything, all of life becomes digestible. And then we're able to taste a sweetness that transcends this or that experience. We're able to taste the goodness of being <coughs> the goodness of being alive itself. That's quite a moment when we taste that, despite what our experiences may be, whether they're bitter or sweet at the moment. You know, I just, I'm, I'm 
like to share a beautiful thing that happened. I've just been involved in quite a long stay with a beloved one in a hospice, three weeks, which was long because we were there morning, noon, and night, around the clock, attending to this person who we love very, very much and wanted to be with in their passing. And one of my granddaughters, young woman, came and Others came and they left. They said, you know, I love you, be well. We all came. But she she didn't leave. She was very, very, very moved by being there, sitting beside her grandfather, holding his hand, talking to him, and just being in that environment of so much reality and so much kindness. She couldn't leave so easily. She came back the next day and the next and the next <clears throat> She was with each moment as it was arising, and a kind of awe came over her. And a kind of peace that she'd never experienced came over her. And at the completion of this experience, she said to me, you know, I was reborn in that hospice. She was reborn in that hospice. How beautiful. A place that looks like a place of dying became a place of birthing, almost a birthing center. How were you reborn, I asked her, which I was so moved and I understood exactly what she meant. She allowed herself the vastness of experience, the things she feared the most, she sat beside, and quickly it changed into something with great meaning and resonance. It affected her and her life deeply, And I just feel like sharing that beautiful incident with you because it's such a wonderful illustration of do not avoid bitterness because out of it comes the vastness and the goodness and the power of life itself. Out of death comes rebirth. When death is approached, so-called death is approached in a certain kind of way. So, as I do in all of our podcasts, I'd like to give you a little exercise, maybe, or just something to think of, some way to take this material into your everyday life and and, and utilize it, make it meaningful. So I'm going to ask you, what? take a moment and, and look and see what kind of honey do you yearn for in your life? We all yearn for some kind of delicious taste, some kind of honey. And then look and see, what do you do to get this? Sometimes it's quite a price we pay to get that honey. Sometimes not. Anyway, how long does the sweetness of that experience remain? What happens after you've had that taste? Now for a moment now, just could you let that search subside, allow all of life to arise as it wants to. Meet whoever is there for you to meet, Receive whatever experience life offers. As you do this without resistance, see what happens to the bitterness when you're not afraid of it, when you don't run away from it, when you kind of take a bath in it even. Just be there with it. Watch yourself and see in what way that bitterness might turn into honey in your life. That's a really beautiful moment when we can see how it looks like pain and hardness and disappointment turns into something very important, very meaningful, very beautiful, a lesson, a growth, a moment of rebirth. 
That's what this is all about. And that's what Zen is really all about. It's about so deeply being with our life that each moment becomes a moment of rebirth, whatever the moment is, a new moment. It becomes new, and you become new. And I want to thank you so much for joining us again today to, uh, to listen to our podcast. It's a pleasure to have you with us. And thank you for all your emails, which I love receiving. Please contact me at topspeaker at yahoo.com if you have questions. And please go to our website, zenwisdomtoday.com. You can hear all of the podcasts there, including on iTunes and everywhere else. And um, it's a joy to be with you. And we will be back next week with our next edition of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. And in the meantime, have a beautiful, beautiful day. A day that includes everything immersed in the vastness of life.